This is the Make America Grape Again podcast, produced and recorded by Cody Burkett, the Arizona Wine Monk. In this podcast, we explore wines from all 50 states in the United States of America. Welcome to another episode of the Make America Grape Again podcast. I'm your host, Cody Burkett. I'm James McNew of Jerome. Jen Condon of Cottonwood, formerly of many other states. Today, we're going to talk about Illinois. And this is the first of uh, the bottles that was provided by other winery owners. Got this bottle courtesy of Scott Albert, who more or less was responsible for a lot of the legislation that brought the Shawnee Hills AVA into play. Uh, so Scott was kind enough when I first posted this idea on the Wine Monk to send me a couple bottles. There was also a Chamberson and uh, I want to say a Tramignette. And to answer your question, yes, I would like to try some rosé. <laughs> <laughs> yes, please. Yes, please. Illinois right now has actually 1,100 planted acres. So a little bit more than Arizona does. Huh. Lots of different grapes being grown. A mix of both American Hybrid Crosses and American Hybrid Varietals, as well as Vinifera. We, right now, are drinking the 2014 Cabernet Franc from Blue Sky Vineyard. So, grapes have been apparently growing in Illinois for about 150-plus years. The earliest areas were Concord, planted near Nauvoo. And actually, the oldest vineyard planted in Illinois is a Concord vineyard. It was planted in 1851 and located still in Nauvoo State Park, and it is still producing fruit. The oldest surviving family-owned vineyard is also located there. But this is from the Shawnee Hills, which is southern Illinois. Mm-hmm. So they were planting, a first, a lot of hybrid varietals. As of 2004, there were about 63 Illinois wineries. And they were producing about 451,079 gallons, or 1.7 million liters for all of you foreign listeners or one foreign listener. Maybe there's more of you, I don't know. Go ahead and give a shout out in the comments if you are. But it's been increasing and booming apparently in the last, say, 20 years, kind of like Arizona has. So the big area that we're focusing on with this wine is uh, near Carbondale, Illinois, in the Shawnee Hills AVA. This was the first AVA within Illinois. As of 2006, according to Wikipedia, The Shawnee Hills AVA includes 15 wineries and 55 vineyards. The big thing that apparently affects this area of Illinois is back in the Ice Age, there was no glaciation in this part of Illinois, unlike most of the other parts, apparently. Also, there's a lot of different soils here, sandstone and limestone. So you get more drainage, you get higher breezes because of that higher elevation. So you're not at risk for, like, fungal stuff, like... um, Mm -hmm. Downy Rot and the others who I can't remember right now off the top of my head. Uh, Odium and the like. So apparently it's also very similar to a lot of areas in Missouri. uh, Which I can see, based on the nose of this wine, it reminded me a lot of wines coming from Missouri. Uh, Twelve months in French Oak. Apparently, actually, there's only about four acres of Cab Franc planted in... Illinois, which is surprising because I hear of this being like the most cold-tolerant Bordeaux and constantly being grown far north. But anyway, 
so as a whole, there's, uh, according to Scott Albert, who has sent me this message and, and replied to my query when we started, before we started recording earlier tonight, uh, there's about 120 plus wineries. And a lot of them have started since 2000. So it's actually very reminiscent of the Arizona industry in that aspect. Hmm. Now, according to him, they have about 20 wineries in the Shawnee Hills AVA. French hybrid and American varieties are dominant. He says that uh, there's only a handful of producers that are really doing an excellent job with winemaking because there's a lot of lack of knowledge and experience in both viticulture and enology, which result in a lot of wine faults. But apparently there is, from what I've heard, a college starting a viticultural program in Illinois. So like here, how we have the Southwest Wine Center. But it's going to be really interesting, he says, and I am agreeing with him, that it's going to be really interesting to see what Illinois does in the next 20 years. Is it at that university that's in Carbondale, which I think maybe is like called Southern Illinois I think university, that's or? the one. Yeah, I have a vague familiarity with that. In fact, here in my Google results, I have Southern Illinois University. Because I was looking up geomorphology of Southern Illinois. Oh, yes. As a Jen was a, uh, a soil scientist in a former life. We don't talk about that. Oh, tough <laughs> shit, I just did. <laughs> yes, I feel it's my responsibility, but I got to look at some maps and stuff. That's okay. Mm. So on the nose, uh, the first impression that we got emphatically on the nose before we we swirled and uh, again as i've noted before we're not decanting anything before we drink because we want to give everything a fair shot right off the bat we don't want to get any wine region or any wine an unfair advantage the idea is again to kind of give our honest impressions of a landscape <laughs> the first thing that we all noticed was this musty earthy almost swampy wet character Ooh. Which is something that I've noticed in a lot of wines coming from the Midwest that I associate with, like, wet areas. Uh, Gary and I touched upon this a little bit in our podcast uh, with the Cinco Cais from the New England AVA. has that very similar nose character, which is associated, at least we think, Gary and I think, and I think everyone here agrees, with moisture areas. Once that nose blew off, it just had this bright cherry and bell pepper character. What else did we get, guys? Our official note taker, Jen. Oh, I did not take notes on this one because this is not part of my... We did get faint strawberry. Faint strawberry, but it was definitely getting stronger towards the end, and cherry was definitely coming out, too. Let's just call this a, a fruit bomb for Cab Franc. Yeah, this was a fruit bomb for Cab Franc. No... Dark fruit. Lots of cherry. Right. Lots of raspberry. Almost a watermelon character. Mm. Also, none of those floral characters that we got no in that floral. Colorado uh, Cab Franc or in the Chinon Cab Franc that we were also sipping on tonight. Mm. Low on tannins, mm. but high on acidity. Mm. Which actually, again, makes this wine very easy to approach. Which is great. For a Cab Franc, I love I, I I love that fact that this is an easier Cab Franc to approach than the Colorado. And you can see in these last couple of episodes, because the Colorado episode was just before this, that there's a lot of variability in Cab Franc, and we're going to experience more of that variability in Tawar as we get along. And I think in this case, the definite Tawar note is that sort of musty, almost dank, um, damp smell, which is not unappealing. No, it's not unappealing at all. <clears throat> It's, it's quite, 
It makes me think of walking along the Verde River in high summer in the morning. More than anything else. That that sort of musty... But you're missing... For me, you're... Yeah, I know what you're saying, but I'm missing that, like, salty smell that I get. The the mustiness of this, my initial smell, turned me way off because I don't care for this part of the world, like, as an environment for me to live in. I know this is getting deep, but... um, (laughs) but, That's the fun part about wine. But but what it has changed into just in the time that we've been working with it which hasn't been that long is has really impressed me and i'm very surprised at how much i'm enjoying this yeah i like this and Mm -hmm. uh, i will be honest i was not expecting to like this but i also came into illinois with no expectations because i don't know that area well and it has exceeded them by a long shot this is the first midwestern wine i've ever had to be honest with you what do you think I, it's just completely, it's a completely different category from anything I've ever had. And yeah. it's not unappealing. Again, the mustiness yeah. for me brought out positive mental musty associations like the dungeon and the cask of Amontillado and, and, and things like that. Mm-hmm. I mean, it, it was, I liked it. I really did. Yeah, this is, this is a fun wine. Mm-hmm. And it's a great exploration into Tawar of a new region. That may well end up being a hotspot in 20 years, in the way that Arizona is becoming a hotspot now. So I want to thank you again, Scott, for uh, sending me this wine. I say we raise a cheers to Scott. Cheers, cheers to Scott. Cheers thank to you. Illinois Capronk. Indeed. A musty masterpiece. <laughs> <laughs> Let's make America grape again. This was an episode of the Make America Grape Again podcast, sponsored, produced, and recorded by Cody Burkett, the Arizona Wine Monk. You can reach us at makeamericagrapepodcast at gmail.com, on Instagram at, at theazwinemonk, or on Twitter at cvburkett. Be sure to also check out our website, makeamericagrapeagainpodcast.com.